Welcome to season two of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Eads, leadership and relationship coach by day, comedian and writer by night. I'm on a mission to host 100 million witty and wise conversations that disrupt the way leaders think and the way the world lives in relationship to each other. It's time to start connecting our left and right brain to our loving hearts and start listening to what they have to say. The brain will want to continue on the path previously traveled. It feels safe there. The heart barely has a path to follow, allowing passion and purpose to dictate the way. Get ready to disrupt business as usual in your brain and get ready to start following your heart. Listen, it's calling for you. My heart is always calling for me to dance in conversation, to feel the rhythm and bright vibrations of the ebbs and flows as we exchange energies, wit, and wisdom. My brain is interjecting really quickly, though, to invite you to check out owlprofessionalcoaching.com backslash podcast for more episodes and to head over to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and write us a quick review. Or find me on the gram and or on Facebook it's at Owl Professional Coaching or Outstanding Women Leaders. But enough about that. We have four rules today to guide our wit and wisdom exchange. These rules are inspired by the Coactive Training Institute to help create space for powerful connection and authenticity. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. <clears throat> and apparently my voice can go out as well. <laughs> and rule number four, everything is included, including my voice cracking. If your child walks in, your phone rings, it's included in the podcast. We do not edit here. This conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen here. You will be heard. There is space for you. So this conversation comes to a close. I'm going to ask our guests three questions. If you've tuned in before, you know what they are. If you haven't, you don't want to miss them, so stay tuned. But enough about me. Today, we're going to dance in conversation with an outstanding women, woman leader, Lindsay Roberts. Lindsay spent two-thirds of her life battling chronic migraines, but something clicked after her immersion at, I cannot Ali say- Malou. Ali Malou. Cookery <laughs> School in Ireland. Of course, the Irish get me today. She learned that foods in their most natural form were healing for the body, as well as a positive mindset. As she gained a deeper understanding of our food system, she could no longer support a food system that contributed to people feeling ill. Good food helped Lindsay to feel healthy and naturally she gravitated towards that good feeling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and enjoying her time in the kitchen. Lindsay's journey led her far from her fifth grade teaching position in California. She found herself earning a master's from the University of Gastronomic Sciences in Italy, working for Jamie Oliver and teaching food science in the classroom. This experience has taught her there's something magical that happens when we gather and break bread with others. We look into each other's eyes, connect, share stories, cultures, and traditions. But most of all, we have fun. We celebrate and feel joy. Lindsay believes having fun in the kitchen with good food is one way to take good care of yourself and our food system. Today, Lindsay teaches adults <laughs> as well as kids and teens how to learn to cook real food and live life without restriction while having fun in the process and helping you become your own wellness expert. I don't know what's going on with my voice. I'm totally fine. Do, do you have some water near? <laughs> I do. Welcome, Lindsay. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited I'm going through puberty because, you know, of your... <laughs> 
don't worry, it happens. Thank you for asking me to join you today. Um, and thank you for, for reading my bio. Um, yeah, I've done quite a lot and a lot of it happened while I had really severe migraines um, that I felt at the time were controlling my life. And um, funnily enough, uh, going to Ballymaloe Cookery School in Ireland really just changed the trajectory of my life and really made me realize how important um, you know, the, the food system, the food, nutrition, and diet really quantified what I perceive as a healthy life. Um, and prior to going there, I thought that I was an amazing cook and knew how to eat healthy and really immersing myself into that lifestyle. You know, it was a cooking school built on a hundred acre organic farm. So all the produce gathered, I, I shouldn't say all, but let's say about, you know, 80, 90%, um, was grown on the farm, delivered to the cooking school kitchens in the morning. They had uh, Jersey cows and you'd have freshly milked uh, milk from the Jersey cows to pour into your coffee and tea each day. You know, I'd never seen like the cream floating on raw milk, you know. Um, so, you know, it just really opened my eyes to what health could be, you know, um, yeah, and it just made me realize how much I wanted to really focus on on food because I was a fifth grade teacher at that point and I realized I could maybe be a culinary teacher or do something food education related. I wasn't quite sure at the time what it would be, um, but that just set the wheels in motion for me to you know, go back home to California, living in the San Francisco Bay Area, full of wonderful food, but realizing um, I needed to learn more, you know, it really stoked me to um, figure out what that more was. Mm, and I love that that more for you was a journey to Italy <laughs> <laughs> to study yes. with Jamie Oliver, which if you don't know who he is, um, tell us a little bit about your experience. I have questions. <laughs> yeah. About Jamie Oliver or about Italy or both? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, well, it's, funny that, um, you know, we're going to talk about intuition and, and following your intuition with food and, uh, cooking in, in our workshop in a few weeks. But, um, I felt this calling in my intuition to go to Italy, um, back in 2008, when I returned from Ballymaloe, that I had severe migraines at that point. So I really wasn't fully paying attention to my intuition, you know, it would kind of ebb and flow. And when I was feeling great, it sounded like an amazing opportunity when I was having, you know, a headache that lasted 10 days or two weeks. Um, it just kind of went to the wayside. Um, so it took four attempts at being admitted to the university <laughs> from 2008 to 2014 for me to finally say yes. Um, so it was something like I knew I had to do, but I just always told myself like, oh, I, it's too much money. It's not what I should be doing. Um, what am I going to do with this degree? You know, all those negative kind of victim uh, <laughs> uh, statements that you tell yourself. Um, so back in 2014, um, I just, it just all, all fell together, you know, and it was like, I, I must do this. Um, and it just came together in a matter of weeks. It was, it was like a movie. Um, I had that 
uh, Friday interviewed for a culinary teaching role at a high school and it was one of the best interviews I've ever had and you know amazing support and like all the money I could ever want and it was also um, running a program that gave uh, community college credit so it was like really high level teaching um, and then that Saturday I sat at home thinking what are all my dreams you know that I want to do and um, I remembered <laughs> oh yeah there's that school in Italy and um, sent them an email and saying I know you have a November start class um, or course for the masters uh, do you by chance have any space available I've been admitted three times before <laughs> um, and to my surprise at 10 a.m. on Monday morning California time I got an email saying we have a space reserved for you send in your thousand euro deposit by tomorrow and i was like oh my gosh this is crazy and like i instantly knew like i should do this but i'm like this is crazy and um and i just had this great interview and um and so i gave myself two hours because i knew all my references were being called and i also knew i was the only person interviewed so i knew i was getting the job and I gave myself till 12 noon to see if it really still felt right two hours later and it did and I called up the the high school and spoke to the principal and um, I said I can't believe this just happened um, but this is a dream of mine and um, she said you have to go to Italy <laughs> so that was confirmation have to go to Italy so um, yeah so I went and had the most amazing year of my life and um, and it wasn't necessarily studying cooking. They do have a culinary school there. It was studying the whole food system, you know, from the health of the soil to sensory tasting for wines and cheeses and honeys and chocolate. And, um, and cooking just naturally uh, fell into the mix by all these field trips and cooking with my Italian friends and things. Um, so my whole life kind of changed that year and, um, you know, and that's where I feel like the pleasure and following the intuition, like really, I'm more so honed in on that. Um, did you want to say something? I just spoke for a really long time, Katie. <laughs> no, I loved hearing your story. I love, I love hearing how you made that decision um, in two hours. <laughs> it's crazy. Do I go to Italy or do I take this high paying dream job I've always wanted? And I... Yeah. And that happens for a lot of us where we all of a sudden are handed everything we've ever wanted. And in that moment, there's some clarity of, well, there's also this other thing I really, really wanted. Yeah. And the universe just said, okay, pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, either would have been good, but I knew um, the, the school role was in my hometown. So it would have been moving two hours back from where I was living in the Bay Area to my hometown to be near family, which is fine. But I just felt like this is like Lindsay being small, just doing what's comfortable. Um, yeah, there'd be some stretch with the actual role, you know, and learning involved. But, um, uh, you know, it was like, I'll always regret not going to Italy. I don't own a home. I had just broken up with a boyfriend. Um, and that was a really devastating breakup of someone I thought I was going to marry. So it was like, okay, what do I have to lose? All my friends and family. I love. <laughs> Go yes. to Italy. I yeah, except it. I went to Ireland, India, then Italy. So my, my order of countries is a little 
a little different, but yes. No, everybody <laughs> travels their own path. So I love yeah. this. So you go to Italy and you take this huge leap of faith. Um, yeah. and you get to work with a pretty renowned person. I mean, he's got his own show. I don't really know how renowned he is. He's got his yeah. own show. And I love the work that he's doing in the food industry and what Absolutely. he's trying to do, um, particularly for children's food in the public school system. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was following my master's. I, I came to London, um, where I am now still living and, um, worked with Jamie Oliver's food foundation for a while. And yeah, it was a really amazing experience to see, um, you know, what he's doing in schools and, and just as an organization himself. And, um, I mean, he has a big team working for him, but obviously he has like just so much drive and I mean, there's just so much going on. Um, you know, the TV production, the cookbooks, um, the school foundation, it's like almost not even fathomable all the people and all the wheels in motion. Um, and th there was a magazine. I don't know if there's still a magazine. Um, so yeah, it was really fun to be part of that whole mix and just see how somebody grew, um, from, you know, a little chef in a pub basically, um, to creating this empire. Um, and it still felt somewhat authentic and, you know, like the restaurant, um, 15, uh, which is where they were training the, the troubled youth, basically, um, was just a few steps away from, from where I was working. Um, so that was, it was all just right there, like this big hub of, you know, activity. Um, and then during that time too, I also worked with Google, um, to do a lot of team builds. Um, so that was really fun. And I met, um, the head of food for, um, Google London and um, have kept in touch with him and done a couple things. And he actually really supported me in my last role um, where I was running a culinary school in, a, in an all girls primary school. And it was a, a for-profit venture, part teaching, part community cooking school. Um, so that was really nice um, when I reached out to him in the last year and a half or so. And, um, and Google has since built cooking schools as well. And they have a bunch of Jamie Oliver employees, you know? Um, so maybe not right now with COVID, but, um, <laughs> prior to COVID they had, I've eaten at uh, Google in the U S I have to say they've got a hell of a kitchen. Yeah. I had the pleasure of taking some teen interns there for a workshop. And I mean, I was a little impressed. I have to say, <laughs> I think I ate like 10 different meals. I was like, I have to try all this food. Yes. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing some really great things with food and um, really working to, you know, employees that want to take cooking classes and learn more about cooking and nutrition and things. They have resources for them, which is really great. You know, I wish every employer would have access to things like that because there's a real need. Absolutely. When I owned the gym, we were just getting into my last uh, couple days there. I'd worked on a deal with a local hospital to help get more of the nutrition and um, healthy eating habits in their employees as well. So you've, I want to go back because I didn't get a chance to ask you a little bit about your migraine journey. Um, yeah. You mentioned that I pulled you away from doing things before. So for you was it, the food and changing the diet that has cleared up your migraines or what has, what has been that secret magic sauce for you? <laughs> well, I, 
I, I want to say, I think the secret, secret magic sauce is different for everyone. I think there's a, a mix of things to put into the pot and then everyone has to kind of take what resonates with them. Um, so I had the headaches from age 12 to age 35. Um, and initially they were really bad. Um, uh, like 24 hours a day for the first five years. Like I never didn't have a migraine. I don't know how I functioned. And then from age like uh, 17 to like early twenties, they lessened to say like three or four times a week. And then they further reduced. Um, so when I was 17, I made the connection at the time that um, corn syrup and all corn products contributed to my migraine. So when I eliminated those, I reduced the number of headaches. Um, but I want to preface this by saying, I think, I believe pain is a messenger to help you find your spiritual path. So that could be shoulder pain for somebody, back pain. Um, and it can pop up at any time in your life. It could be something that you have for decades or months or a week, you know, like there's, there's a message in that pain. And for me, um, it was really trusting my intuition, um, understanding self-love and also delving into early childhood trauma, which I didn't know all of that till more recently, you know, as all the pieces of the puzzle kind of came together. So initially I thought it was just corn you know, ate very healthy diet, um, really focused on the diet piece and really uh, also uh, believed in uh, fully in Western medicine and my neurologist knows the answer and knows which medication to give me. And I had the belief like something is fundamentally wrong with me. Like I have some misalignment, some, some problem somewhere in my brain and my nerves, like who knows what, you know, it was always changing. But um, this belief, like something was wrong with me and I couldn't fix it. You know, like I was reliant on someone else telling me. Um, and in the 1990s, early 2000s, you know, the internet wasn't what it is today. I did do research that I could, but it was mostly just going to the doctor and asking, do you have something new for me? <laughs> um, so that was kind of the, how I first delved into the headaches and you know, finding what worked for me. Um, going to Bali Malu was kind of eye-opening to the diet piece. And initially I thought diet really did heal me and cure me. My migraines greatly reduced. Um, let's say I had one maybe once a month or something. So that to me felt cured compared to like daily as they were at one point. Um, and at that time too, I was you know, trying alternative things and doing meditation and yoga and trying to get proper sleep. Um, but it really felt like it was a full-time job to stay migraine-free. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had this whole list of like, oh, did I have enough protein to eat with this meal? Um, always like so concerned with, do I have a healthy snack in my bag? Like, like actually creating lots of fear and worry around food too you know, like there's so much going on. It's hard to like say it succinctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. The way you called it a full-time job and like really that that's why people don't stick with things. That's why people don't resonate long-term. And I think of so many people I know that 
when I own the CrossFit gym, uh, if you know anything about people in CrossFit gyms, we're not like retro fitness where there's a judgment free zone. <laughs> like yeah. we sit a little bit in that judgment and judge how you eat is wrong and, and as a source of what's wrong. And it was nice to step outside of that for a little while and look at people, someone like you who ran a full-time job, keeping their migraines under control and still had them from time. Yes. To time. And, it, and also at that point in like the 2011 ish, like I was in an admin role at a County office of education running garden nutrition education. So there was also that, like I did have a full-time job in addition to trying to stay migraine free. And sometimes it just felt like too much. And, um, but I will say like at that point in my life, I felt like things were mostly under control despite it being a lot of work. It was a lot of work to maintain migraine free or be somewhat headache free. Um, and then in 2014, um, uh, like late spring, I had a breakup with my ex-boyfriend and he and I had been friends for 13 years prior to dating. We had known each other from college and that breakup, um, I can't say exactly the day, like I don't remember exactly the time. It was a very stressful time. So I, I can't say like the breakup happened and the headaches got worse that day. I think it was a bit before that, but anyways, um, uh, at that point, um, or around that time, my migraines regressed to how they were when I was 12 years old, like worse, like level 10 moment, wake up moment, go to bed, like no relief, take a migraine drug. It lowers it slightly. Um, I was also down to only being able to tolerate 10 foods. Like they were all healthy foods, pinto beans and, um, salmon and cauliflower, many foods that I couldn't eat until recently because I had to eat so much of them. Like food was absolutely disgusting to me. It was only a way to survive. Literally, like even the tiniest little addition to something, I would have a huge reaction. Um, and my body was just so reactive at that point. Um, and so I knew there was something else. Didn't know what it was. And I knew like deep down there was some like emotional connection. Couldn't really quite figure out what it was. Didn't know like who I needed to speak to. Um, but Dr. Lisa Rankin wrote a book, Mind Over Medicine. And um, she talks about like healing yourself, but she doesn't really get into specifics. So I, was, I read it, but I didn't, it wasn't like, here's a checklist, do this. It was a bit more broad. So I had gone to her website and she had a medical conference um, I think it's called like whole health medical, whole health holistic. I don't know. I'll have to look what it is. But anyways, um, Dr. Lisa Rankin and um, I think it's whole health holistic medical institute or something like that. And it's um, mainly for um, doctors and nurses and practitioners who work with people that want to you know, heal of various anything. It could be cancer. It could be headaches. It could be, I don't know, whatever, you know? So she had this conference and in San Francisco in July and in May, I got an email, um, in my inbox and it, I think it was like $2,000. It was really expensive. And I just said, and at this point I'd probably spent a hundred thousand dollars of my own money in my adult life trying to heal migraine. Um, one of the reasons I went to India was to work with an Ayurvedic doctor who specialized in migraines. Um, so, you know, I had kind of tried 
everything, in my opinion. Um, and so I went to a conference. I just knew like, okay, this is the sign. I have to go. And I have to learn whatever she's teaching these doctors because I'm tired of paying money for treatment and care. And um, so, and she had all these um, well-known people there like Martha Beck and just really amazing spiritual and, you know, people that just really get this healing aspect. Um, so during that conference, I learned that these doctors and practitioners can't really heal their patients until they have healed their own traumas. And one of the activities was to write down like every trauma you've ever experienced in your life. Doesn't mean you need to heal from each one, you know, everyone's different. Um, and then I just realized, wow, there's a lot of stuff here. And there's, and then they talked about the significance of stuff that happens in utero and ages zero to seven when you're just basically recording everything that happens to you or sorry that happens in front of you like from your family and you know you're too little to have opinions and say and you just really develop your personality based on what is around you so that's when I realized wow there's a lot here starting with my own traumatic birth because I was premature and um put in the NICU for 12 days and I wasn't held until I was 10 days old. Um, so there was like so much pain and trauma. Um, and I was born with forceps and I have some neck pain sometimes that is related to the migraines. And um, yeah, so all the little pieces started coming together. Wow. So you go, this makes, uh, I love, can't wait to talk about your upcoming conference too, because I can <laughs> see where that really ties into wanting to help people. So, yeah. um, it's, an, it's in, so interesting to hear you talk about, uh, some of your pain being related to birth like how, yeah. and, and how, when we're a medical mystery that there's a place that some medical people are going to look to solve. Um, so what was next for you on that journey? Yeah. Um, well, I, I learned a lot and started applying some things from that conference. And then one of the things recommended um, was somatic experiencing. Um, and I did, so I did work with somebody. I found somebody local to work with, and I found this really great guy. Um, and that's where you work with somebody who's specially trained, and they help release this stuck energy from your body. So they might um, use like some gestalt type therapy questions. Like everyone's a little bit different in my opinion. Um, and they prod you to figure out, you know, like where it's being held in the body. Um, what's its message? What age were you? It's all to get to your inner child, you know? Um, so some people might do that therapy for, you know, years. Um, but the person that I saw, um, had like a very fast therapy. Like he generally saw people in about three months time and they moved on with their lives. And, and I was telling him, um, that I wanted to do it faster. Like I was ready. So I think I did everything with him in about six weeks. And we did like two sessions a week. It was really intense, really emotional, like crazy, you know, um, but in a good way. And I was able to release like so much, um, stuck energy in my neck and my skull all over my body, you know, um, 
like I had a fever seizure when I was three and um, I was holding like tension and stress there. And I didn't know until I was an adult, but like that was a reoccurring nightmare for me as a child for many years. Didn't make sense, you know, like all these pieces of the puzzle just slowly started making sense. Um, So that was like the big catalyst for me, that somatic experiencing. Um, It was worth it hundred percent. And I felt like a million dollars after that, um, you know, just letting go of all that stuff. And then following that was, um, me being offered the teaching job or Italy, you know, so it just kind of like all fell into place over about two months time. And then I was able to kind of move on with my life. And, um, have you had any migraines since? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I never get one because um, that would not be true. But I would say I get one or one or two a year. And, you know, for the first time in my life, um, well, I can also try to do a lot of natural things and maybe go out in nature. I don't jump to taking medication any longer. Um, and I try to catch it very early. You know, maybe I need a bath. Maybe um, there's check in with my emotion. Did I have a fight with my husband? Um, is something bothering me? Like, I go that route first, and then um, I do have medication that I might take if I absolutely have to. Um, but for the first time in my life, each year I generally throw it out. You know, like it expires and I throw it out, which is a brand new thing for me. Well, you know, six years old for me now, but it still feels brand new to, to throw out migraine medication that was like um, had a currency greater than gold at one point, you know, because it was, you know, like. $300 for nine pills or something. Um, so yeah, that's kind Where of, are you uh, at with food. Um, do you still notice that some food causes or can trigger, do you still avoid certain things? Yeah. I mean, again, it's checking in with your emotions. Um, like for instance, chocolate, um, and sugar. I love chocolate. <laughs> I mean, I, I love dark chocolate. But I do have to be mindful um, of my emotions and am I stressed? And, um, you know, sometimes I'll have a brownie or a chocolate piece of cake and I will start to feel the headache coming on from that massive sugar load. So I tend to go more so for like a dark piece of chocolate and try to have some limits, you know. Um, I do follow a diet that I feel works for me. Um, but I'm not so strict anymore. Um, I feel like that need to control everything is, is gone. I used to be paranoid with, do I have enough, like if I left the house or went away for the day or something, you know, like, do I have enough food with me? Like now I just feel like I will always find something to eat that's healthy and safe. And, you know, maybe that if I don't have it in my purse, maybe it's an apple or some nuts or like, I can always find that it's not, um, that ongoing stress. Um, and what else for diet? Like that's where like Bally Mlu kind of changed my life with really focusing on local and seasonal and fresh and organic. Um, you can't always have that, but like I do choose to p- purchase most foods that way. Um, but I'm, I'm real too. When I go out to eat, rarely are you getting that kind of food. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's such an incredible 
story to hear. I, I resonate so much with the food, like not being strict um, anymore. And like, but to see that you're feeling better um, as you're loosening up control actually over some of those foods and just listening to what your gut is telling you or what, what you. Yeah. I mean, that's where your intuition comes in because if you're really listening, you will hear what you should eat, what's the right amount. Um, and I, I think because this whole journey helped me gravitate more towards the healthy diet. Um, I think like I prefer those foods now. Yeah. And I still do avoid all corn. I don't have that at all in my diet. I do know I, if I chose, I could do, it's not an allergy, it's an intolerance. Um, I do know if I chose, I could do some more like mental work. I'm not saying I know exactly what it is, but you know, there's like um, emotional freedom technique, which is like tapping. And there's other things that you can do if you're having reactions to food. Um, so I could do that, but, but honestly, I'm not interested because eliminating corn actually like my sister says she wishes she had my intolerance because it really has forced me to choose healthier foods you know it's in all the canned soups and a lot of the frozen food and being in the uk they call it corn flour it's in so many things um so in that sense because it keeps me healthier with my food choices i'm not interested in clearing it but i possibly could interesting yeah I feel that way about dairy and I uh, have taken an allergy test, a blood allergy test. Cause there are different ones and the blood allergy said, you're fine. Um, and so I had a wild night in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> wild couple days of, of dairy. Um, my body was like, bitch, what are you thinking? <laughs> it took me about a month or a half, maybe two months before my body sort of readjusted. So I'm like, all right, I hear you. I won't have dairy. And um, personally, I think I don't want to explore that because it keeps me out of the cheese. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, lost, I, hear you. I lost 60 pounds. I have, I Part of having to give up some of the foods became easier because I realized it made me feel like shit. Um, but my gray area I have, I have found with bread is uh, like Cuban toast. I have no issue with it. So Cubans, whatever you're doing over there, making your toast, I'm all about it for my breakfast. <laughs> um, and then there's some, some breads that do bother me and it's probably more linked to soy, but it's just interesting to hear about energy releasing uh, and how that has impacted um, even your ability to, to tolerate a migraine. So um, very interesting. I would love to know a little bit more about your intuition and what it's calling you to do today. Yeah. Uh, you've got some cool projects coming up. I happen to be lucky enough to be one of them. So let's hear about where people can find you, what you're putting together, what's cooking in Lindsay's kitchen. <laughs> God, I'm well, I'm on Instagram uh, and my website is mind body kitchens and kitchens is plural mindbodykitchens.com. And you can find me there with lots of recipes and, and posts. And I'm offering a variety of classes um, for kids and teens and adults that are really interested in this. It's, it's a lifestyle. Like I feel it's a healthy, reasonable lifestyle. And I love teaching, um, you know, people that are interested, just like some really basic food prep and, and how to follow your intuition. And, you know, cooking can be fun and, and really easy and simple. And that's something that I learned in Italy. Like some of the best foods are some of the simplest things, you know, and 
and just knowing some techniques and can can make eating healthy fun and delicious um i love that and if you're a mom listening i think Helping your kids develop their intuition and their eating habits is something that we all think about. I don't have kids yet, but I know when I owned a gym that I was thinking about it. And I was like, these are bad habits. These are good habits versus this is your intuition. And I'll tell you what, when my intuition caught me in the closet eating donuts, um, I, when I took a reflection of that, it was, it was divorce or donuts. <laughs> um, and I was tired of eating donuts. So uh, it's a great opportunity uh, for classes for parents and kids to learn how to, to tap into their intuition and cook some healthy food. Absolutely. And I also consult with schools that want to set up healthy eating programs and do team building kind of a, you know, for corporations. So there's a whole mixture of things um, that I specialize in. And so I think, oh, and there's also um, going to be some like wellness retreat type things. Um, like downloadable retreats and you can do with your family. And lastly, um, I'm putting together a, it's called rise again, right? Sorry, rise above, rise above, um, chronic pain. I'm putting together like a, a webinar slash conference for people that are interested in healing themselves from chronic pain, whatever it might be to kind of get a jump start. Cause like I said, it took 23 years to figure out the puzzle. It was, you know, very time consuming. And, um, I would just love to provide a place for people that might be having some sort of issue with chronic pain. Just, you know, here are some things that you can delve into, whatever resonates with you. And that might give you a little jump start in leading, you know, your best life. Mm. I love what you're doing for this space for people with chronic pain and shedding a light on a place that no one really talks about right now. So yeah, so much. Um, we're also hosting a workshop together, the intuitive table and talking about tapping into your intuition. Uh, and that will be held on Sunday, December 13th from four to 6 PM Eastern time. Uh, you can catch, uh, the link will be on the link tree under workshops. You can also get Lindsay's website. She'll be featured as the owl of the week as you hear this episode. And, um, Sign up for our workshop, work on that intuition and what you're eating. Um, and yes. also how to tap that into for your kids and their intuition as well. Uh, I picture a lot of really great packages that people could be purchasing as a yes. family because everyone's shopping small now. So as you're listening to this, being thankful for small businesses that are still trying to make it in a pandemic, it's a great opportunity to support your family and support small business. Um, and so that workshop, uh, is $79, I think, but we're going to run a huge coupon sale. Um, and so you'll have an opportunity to take advantage of that. If you're listening to this right now on black Friday, if you missed out, uh, we'll host one again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go today, I have three questions I always ask. Um, and my first one is what is your superpower? Hmm. So many, um, hard to choose one, but I think one of my superpowers is kind of being that big picture thinker, coming up with the idea and then implementing it from idea to fruition. Um, I find that whole process a lot of fun. Yes. And you need that if you're going to make good meals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's part of cooking, you know? Um, so you know, I have learned so, so much in the last 12 years and 
like while I write recipes that do work because I was a food science teacher and I'm very meticulous, like I just go into my kitchen every day and open the fridge and see what I feel like, see what seasonal produce I need to use up. And, you know, I, I really do practice following that intuition. Um, and then seeing that whole process, you know, from, from conception to, <laughs> to plate. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What's, uh, what's your purpose? Well, I, I think my purpose is to empower other people um, to find their intuition and to find joy and pleasure in food, you know, however that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and all ages, really, because I, I love working with all the different ages. Um, at my, where I was running the cooking school, the youngest students were age three, because you do start school at age three in, in England, which is crazy, like proper school. Um, and yeah, so that was really fun to teach the little teeny tiny ones. Um, Just picturing little teeny tiny British accents running around, <laughs> bossing me, telling me. <laughs> I love it. It was very cute. Um, I, my family tells me I picked up a Brit- bit of a British accent and teaching was very challenging because someone would say tomato and I'd say tomato and then I'd say tomato. And like I was driving my brain crazy because I would mix the English, proper English and American English all the time. <laughs> I totally see you with your purpose, um, empowering people to find their intuition, um, finding pleasure again and eating food. It's so important. Uh, one more bonus question um, that I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask four questions. Okay. Um, what's next for you? Well, um, really creating this, using my website to create more of a profitable online business um, because I've been getting my feet wet. Um, 2020 has been about discovering what it's like to do something on my own outside of a culinary school that was um, not my own. So um, really delving into that full force. And in the future, after COVID, I see myself doing wellness retreats, whether they're for families or individuals or people with chronic pain or maybe all that. I'm not certain, um, but I really like the whole wellness retreat atmosphere, and I think it's perfectly conducive to learning new approaches to food and really walking away with some real life skills that you will apply after the week or weekend, however you however long you spend. Mm. I love that. I can't wait to participate in something like yes, that. Yes, that would be wonderful. Finally travel again. <laughs> um, last question. Um, the year 2020 was challenging. Is, um, what is it that you're willing, you found that you're willing to take a stand for no matter what? Hmm. Um, gosh, what is it? Um, <laughs> I mean, I could go many different ways, but, you know, I, I, I hate seeing child poverty and I hate seeing, you know, people treated poorly. Um, I feel like now being 41 years old, I will take a stand and speak up for myself, you know, set boundaries, speak up for myself. And, and when I see things happening that don't seem right, you know, um, know being that that teacher that like mother figure that you know is looking out for other people I think is truly who I am and what I practice with my students Mm -hmm. yeah 
I also just see uh, you really taking a stand in your life for recovery as being an option. That sounds a little cliche. I just had to bring your own brain on recovery <laughs> as an option for mental health. But um, I love that you have fought 23 years, you know, to, to heal and, and to continue to seek answers and to continue to, to know that recovery has to be an option for you in the migraine world, that you don't have to just live this way. It takes a lot of dedication to say, I'm going to eliminate corn. Like people yeah. don't realize that right now as they're sitting at home, <laughs> yeah. like corn is hiding. Um, it's just like a gluten or a soy. Soy is so hard for me to avoid because we put it in so many things and I have pretty sensitivity to that. So just, I, I love that you've taken a stand for that so you can help others with your purpose to take a stand for that as well. Thank you so much for sharing your superpowers with us. And you're welcome. Uh, I'm excited to see what's next for you, including our workshop. If you're still listening yes. this far, it's, up to, it's Sunday, the 13th, 4 to 6 p.m. this December. We'll have another one, but sign up for this one uh, so that you can use your intuition when you're eating Christmas cookies and not feeling bad about it. <laughs> Last thing, Thanks. I'll let you have the last word. What would you like to say? Um, what would I like to say? Hmm. I had some thoughts before. Um, I will say that the easy, the easier way is to just go to your doctor, take a pill, and just trust that that's the way to heal or to be migraine-free or pain-free. It was a hell of a lot of work, but so rewarding to gain back my life. Like in 2014, I felt like I started living again. Like I was not living most of my life, you know, um, I was just surviving and I'm still learning how to, how to thrive, you know, it's, 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 but it's fun now. And, um, and that's how life should be. You should be able to thrive and it's possible. Um, so if there's anyone out there that is truly really struggling um, and they're ready um, you know, I'd be willing to work with people individually, um, you know, but it's a, it's a process. It's a big process, but it is possible to live your best life. Mm. Thank you so much. It's incredibly inspiring. And if you have been battling migraines for a long time, uh, reach out to this woman if you need <laughs> to make that leap. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you, Katie.